0: It's the Craggy Rugby podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the return match against Breve that'll be played in the sports ground on Saturday at three o'clock. I've got William Davis on the line. Evening, Alan. And William, you were at the press conference yesterday. I was unable to do the recording last night. I was at my, uh, my kids were 25, so I had to go and go out for a nice meal with them. So we're recording this on the Wednesday instead. And you talked to, um, who did you talk to? Nigel Carroll and Tom McCartney. How did it go?
1: yeah it, it went fine obviously they were they were discussing the um rather unusual match against uh Brave, uh last saturday night uh, sixty nine points scored kind of conceding five tries scoring four uh which is it's very few games rugby you win when you you concede five <laughs> um just a mad cap game very hard to to really get to the know of it, but I suppose the bottom line is, in a cup competition with group uh, start-off like we have, it's all about the five points. So uh, here's what Nigel and Tom had to say. When you analyse that uh, Saturday night, uh, concede five tries, score four tries, winner a 69 point came by seven points. How, how can you What can you say about it afterwards when you've actually sat down and looked at it, rather than just it happening in front of you?
2: I say, what a great job we have. You know, it's... um, Look, I I think the the most positive aspect was the the character of our side. I mean, um, it was... You know, Brief came out of the blocks, a million miles an hour, and extremely physical team. And, um, you know, in a combination of a few miscued kicks, some penalties that went against us, and uh, and some missed tackles. We, We put ourselves under a bit of pressure, but... You know, I think the the positive we didn't panic, and uh, you know we composed ourselves and and constructed two two good scores to get back in the game by half time, and I think that shows just great character in the group and you know willingness to work hard for each other and you know not to you know um, you know uh, not to cave in too early, and and, and uh, I think that was that's the that's the biggest positive.
1: And is it is it a case that you'd maybe felt that they might start to run out of steam a little, that some of them were? sucking and blowing by half an hour, and that was your chance then to... You still had to seize the opportunities and, and, and make it count. But there was... Even 16 points down, it was still very doable.
2: Yeah, so they're a massive team, and uh, yeah, so they, when they, they started, like, ferociously, and, uh, you know, that wasn't going to be sustainable, and, and we knew that. We knew we had to hang in, and, you know, we hope the weather was due to turn and and we would have liked if the the job was done by 60 minutes and in some cases it was i thought our our own performance maybe dipped a little bit in the last 20 and uh, we let them back in when we had two scores up but um but I said to to come back from 16 points down to get two scores up again was
1: it uh, was most pleasing KK's talked a lot about playing what, what, getting players to play what's what's in front of them the, the two tries the, the Kieran Marmion try was a something similar to that, but very much Jack Carty's try. I mean he saw the gap, went for it, accelerated and that was that was really good to see. Yeah, I think the two tries that we scored by half time
2: were, were part of our scout and like you see Kieran Marmion is the you know, he scores the try, but if you see the work that Matt Healy does on the blind side, he brings over their their scrum half and he brings over their six, so he opens up a little bit of a gap for Kieran and you know what you didn't see was the two centers and our full back one and through so i mean kieran was could have dropped that onto his foot and and put that ball in behind them where there was a lot of space and uh but i so said that's you know the the class of the of kieran he's able to take them uh those half gaps and um you know the second try that turn put through we, i mean again we knew that they were a big team and there the possibly there could have been a gap there but that was up to turn to spot that on the fly and that that's heads up rugby um that's not um a pre rehearsed move that 's a play that uh, it's a template and it has many options in it and it 's up to turn him to call the one um you know that that he thinks is on uh, on the fly and, and that's a sign of a team that's that's learning that 's the time a sign of a team that's developing and taking on board this this heads up sort of approach and I uh, said so that produced you know two good set piece tries and jack's was uh, you know again it just shows the confidence um he got a half gap again and you know and a, a dummy that <laughs> you know it would probably say it, but it was a you know it was an exquisite dummy and, and you know to show a clean pair of heels I probably would have liked him to dive head first going over the line instead of going feet first but you know it just shows where where he's at and I said we created numerous other opportunities and um and I said that that's all down to the lads themselves that's all down to you know the way that we play there isn't a a prescribed process. It's about figuring it out. And I said there is mistakes. That there is mistakes along the way, and that's that's a given. But it does produce, you know, some outstanding uh, phases of play, and and it does create opportunities for us to score. And you know, and I, we got to be just clinic enough to
1: take those. Would there be a slight concern that if if you went sixteen points down against different oppositions, especially the fourteen points on the yellow card conceded, that it would be a lot harder to get back, maybe than? what we saw on Saturday night is you know, is, is that some of this in the back of your mind?
2: No, I don't think so. I think we we went behind in Cardiff as well and we got back into it with, with a with a player in the Sinbin as well. So, um look we've we've been in that position before and I think the key is not to panic to keep playing and um you know, and I so said we can score tries. You know, I think the the big challenge for us is is not to concede it as many as we do and I think, you know, we're we're at a probably a higher penalty count um, than probably we would like. But that's because we're playing on the edge. And when I think when you're on the edge, you know, it's, there's a fine line. And uh, sometimes those pitchers aren't, you know, we get the, the wrong call on those. And we've got to push the boat out, you know, and, and, and learn from those little things. I think if we can improve our discipline, it's, uh, you know, we'll have more possession. And, and I think we're dangerous when we have
1: the ball. Killian Gallagher coming up to his first start had a had a big a big night. How pleasing was that to see for you? To see somebody coming up from the academy and grabbing his chance.
2: Uh, well, for me personally, I think uh, I've always seen the potential in in Killian, and you know he played two years at under twenties, and uh, he's a he's a tremendous athlete. <clears throat> uh, you know, if you speak to Jimmy our Forest coach, he'd probably pick the holes in his game probably more than I would, but. Uh, Certainly, to to front up physically to um, you know to a team of that size and uh, you know and, and to, to look quite comfortable, particularly in his carries and you know he's so he's particularly athletic in the lineout, it's uh,
1: you know it just shows that he's got a bright future. And looking forward to Saturday night, um, is there? I can't imagine there be any complacency. Fans and stuff might think, well, look, this is a done deal. They've nothing to play for. They're just going to turn up and go through the motions,
2: but. You'll be setting up for this as a normal game. Yeah, we can't afford to be complacent. Um, you know, I think you know our trips to to Cardiff and Zebra, You know, we we failed to to spark. Um, but I think at home, certainly uh, in, at the latter stages of the first block, I think we've been uh, we've been good. You know, we beat Monster at home. We beat Cheetahs at home at the end of the block. So I said we're looking forward. We haven't played here for a few weeks, and uh, I think the lads will be looking forward to get back out in front of a, a festive. Uh, crowd on Saturday and 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 certainly producing a performance that can they can achieve the result that we
1: badly need again. Tom, just just from the players' perspective, um, how good was it that the calmness and you did there was no there was no sense of panic and it must be easy enough to start getting really concerned if you're that far behind early in a game.
3: Yeah, well, myself, I was on the bench, so it was um, it was interesting viewing. Um, you could just see the. The um, the French grow just grown an arm and a leg, and um, you know they start they start getting a roll on and uh, get a bit more confidence, and they turn into a totally different team. So um, it's kind of not what we wanted to happen. We wanted to go out and, and really take it to them in the first half and take that away from them. Um, but you know you've, you've got to adapt in a game of rugby as well, and um, they played really well at the start, and the ref was was giving them a few good calls as well, and um, you know they got some points on the board, so. Um, I think the guys did outstanding to get a couple of tries before halftime to get us back, in. they, they were really important. I think get us back in the game there, um, and then to go into halftime two points down, come back out and, and start really well again. Um, yeah, I think I think it was a, a, a great job.
1: And how good is it now that you're going to get a run of? There's no more travelling. There's some games within Ireland, but you've got a nice run of, of matches now in within the island, if you like. Before we go to Worcester, so do the do the players really. Prefer obviously prefer to be in their in their own bed at night and not having to pack up and travel. So, uh I
3: I mean obviously, the the minds will be on this on this week first. Um, but if you do look forward, uh, I've been here sort of three or four years now, and uh, the interpros are always always a great occasion. Um, it's a it's a game you always want to be always want to be starting, and um, you always want to go out and win. There's nothing better than than beating the other Irish teams. So, um, that's something to look forward to, and. Um, in the future but um, I mean we'll just take it one week at a time I suppose and it it will be great to be back out in the sports ground as um, Nigel said we haven't haven't been here in a a little while so um, good to get back out in front of the crowd and hopefully get a good result
0: Right Nigel and Tom looking forward to another hopefully entertaining game this weekend I think the weather will hopefully be okay for it so um, expecting a big crowd as well
1: yeah, it's Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's a great time for, for rugby, in my view. Um, either Friday night or Saturday afternoon, my personal choice. Um, I think they will be looking for an exciting game. I suspect they're probably looking for a slightly less frenetic game. They certainly don't want to go 19 points to 3 down again. And I think they'll be a little bit... Well, both sides will be more aware of the other now. Mm. That they've played each other. It's very hard to analyse these games because players are brought in. Particularly, we had some uh, guys starting last week who would barely played. They did stick to their known game plan in top fourteen of their uh, rolling mall and their forwards. Their backs are um, their backs don't see a lot of the ball, um, and that's just the way they set up to do it.
0: Yeah, I think they, once you know, having been at the game, like the the big thing was. For both sides, really. Once both sides got anywhere near to 22, you're almost guaranteed to try.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that that there's no doubt about it. European rugby is a bit more open, and I think the Challenge Cup has peculiarities to how how sides play it. Yeah. So I I, I I'm expecting Connick to win on on Saturday. It would be a huge shock if they don't. I think um, bonus point very important. Mm-hmm. if they can get it. Um don't want to give Breve anything, but I think Breve's interest in this competition has, has probably ended. And worth noting that Worcester have a very big game in France on Friday night against Oigna. They both of those sides are involved in relegation battles. We've talked about this before. Worcester just starting to pull clear of their relegation issues, not not far clear in, in England. But they have a massive game, Worcester, the following weekend. Um, when we start the inter-provincial games here in Ireland, they are playing London Irish. If they win it, they're going to go about 10 points clear of them. London Irish rooted to the bottom of the table. Oynia have nothing to play for except a bit of pride. Mm. But that sometimes spurs French sides on. So That's one that's worth watching because Oynia could do us a huge favour if they were able to win that. And I think Worcester are going to be sending a reduced squad to that game. They, they have to focus on um, what, what is their bread and butter, is the, is the premiership. So there's the games within games. The thing, the thing for Connacht on Saturday, get five points, drive on. Uh, the qualification for the quarterfinals, uh, the, the best four get a home quarterfinal. The top two uh, qualifiers in the group stage, if you win your quarterfinal, should be set up to get a a home semi final as well. So you just want as many points as you can get, and that that's what it's all about. And that's why Saturday night was um, was despite the slightly odd nature of the game, very exciting game. I have to say, hmm. I managed to 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 listen to yourself and uh, Rob, obviously. But I was watching it on a very good feed out of um, a legal feed, I should say, out of France. I just don't want to be encouraging people to
0: do anything naughty.
1: Um, but it was it was a madcap game. It, it really was. It was it was very exciting. But um, I think Connell will be looking to have a lot more control on Saturday, and they'll want to avoid giving away penalties. You know, they they conceded fourteen points on on John Muldoon's yellow card that. That sort of thing, you do that in different contexts in, say, a top uh, top Pro 14 game or Inter Pro game, you don't come back from that. You, the, the, those games are too tight and too harsh, so organised, controlled performance on Saturday, hopefully there'll be a big crowd be a good afternoon and get another five points on the board.
0: Yeah, so there is a wrinkle, even if Connacht do manage to get a home quarterfinal, there is a possibility of them not having a home semi-final, but the it's just too complicated to figure that one out for me. Um, I'll let some people who know what they're talking about figure it out. Maybe someone will tell us and, and tweet it out and we can retweet about where we might not get a home semi-final even if we were top, top seeds and won a home quarterfinal. But the other wrinkle that's important is that the Challenge Cup winners are not guaranteed a um, Champions Cup spot. And the reason being that the qualification for the Champions Cup comes around from... The, there's 20 teams in the Champions Cup. Seven from the Pro 14, six from the top 14 in France, and six from the Premiership in England. And the 20th place will go to, in the first occasion, the Champions Cup winner if they have not already qualified. I remember seeing this initially and saying to people and everyone, oh, that's not going to happen. There's no... You know, that'll never happen. We now have a situation where Claremont are ninth in top 14, and they're going around beating given Saracens a right hammering and you have this possibility and that would be dreadful for the Challenge Cup because the second qualification is a Challenge Cup winner gets into the Champions Cup if they haven't qualified but you would have to hope that if Claremont do sort of keep going the way they're going that they manage to get their top 14 uh, form into gear and we don't have this dreadful scenario where, you know, Connacht could go on a run have a possibility of winning a, cha- a Challenge Cup and still not make Europe or the, the the big one in Europe. Let's hope it doesn't happen that way.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, all, all this qualification just becomes uh, well, it's it's just very complicated. They they sort of threaten every now and again to uh, streamline it, and then it just becomes more complicated again. Um, and the other plan, if they, if that doesn't happen, they throw in a playoff.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's another playoff. But, well let's not talk about that. <laughs> let's not go down that let's not go down that route. Um yeah, let's move on to the next item on our that we would normally talk about and in, in the midweek podcast, which was, which is the um the injury update. And great news this week in that there's no fresh injuries from either the Eagles game or the Connick game at the weekend. So we'll just do a I'll just do a quick run through of the names that we know are already on the list, but just for Record purposes. Dominic Robertson McCoy is out till the end of 2017. Uh, JP Cooney is due back early 2018. Andrew Brown is due back early 2018 as well. Uh, Owen McCone will co- return to training this week and um, will be available. Jay Keenan, we know, is gone till April. Uh, Jared Butler uh, looks as though he's going to come back during the Interpro series, which would be a huge boost to the team. Uh, Sean O'Brien. Early 2018, Rory Scholes uh, is still recovering from his appendix, but is due back in early 2018. And the last one is is Cormac Brennan. Um, so that's one of the shortest in realist I think we've ever had.
1: Yep, uh, this time last year it was a catastrophic list of injuries. Uh, it was they were struggling to get enough people together to to run proper training sessions. They were doing walk through training sessions without contact. So it's a good position to be in Uh, a lot of rugby to be played you know after a you're into three inter-pros and then two more European games so Mm. the more people that are available the better Um, young Killian Gallagher had a very good game on Saturday night somebody who's come up through uh, the academy and, and through the Eagles and the Eagles playing on Sunday against Richmond they had a very good win in London last weekend and it an opportunity for any player who playing there to show what they can do. Take the take the chance. Uh, you don't want to see guys injured, but realistically in rugby, people get injured and the teams always need replacements. And um, they need more than just a body who can sit on the bench. They need somebody who's ready to go and has a bit of confidence behind them. Yeah. And a bit of belief. So Sunday afternoon's game quite important. Um, But it was a good win away, and uh, they've got an outside chance of qualifying, I think, uh, for the quarterfinals. They've obviously got to win on Sunday. win their last home game against uh, Rotherham, which comes up in January. A little bit hard to see them winning at Ealing. Ealing are playing particularly well in the uh, championship in England, but it's an opportunity, and it's something they should be working towards. Last year of this competition, it's one that has had a rather checkered history and uh, it, would be, it would be good if they did make the quarter-finals, but Sunday's a big opportunity, and it's an opportunity for individual players on that side, and they should be looking to take it.
0: They most certainly should. They most certainly should. So another, another nice bit of news, or good bit of news, um, was the, that came from Connacht today, is Conor Carey has signed an extension, and, and he had a major impact on the, on the match at the weekend, so it's great to see him, and hopefully we will see a few more people signing up, because there was a lot of people out of contract, um, we're going to get a bit more good news over the next little while, but good news on Conor Carey definitely.
1: Yep, it's good. It's a good start. There's there's a lot of a um, lot of players in that position, and uh, keeping players I think is very important. There was something that uh, Pat Lam used to emphasise a lot that they wanted to retain players because you you've spent time getting them into the team structure, the team culture and you don't want to see them then uh, disappearing. So it's good to see for him. He seems to have settled in Wales, well. and um, hopefully, as you say, between now and sometime into mid-late January, we're going, to, we're going to be getting more of these announcements.
0: Yes, with a bit of luck, although I'm just interested to just read back through because I wanted to see that they don't tell us how long the contract is, <laughs> which is always, I find, a little bit... Why don't they tell us this stuff? I don't know. Anyway... It's not important, I suppose. Um, so you've mentioned the Eagles game against Richmond on Sunday. Um, that's at home. It's a. Is it? It's a two o'clock kickoff. Is it?
1: Two o'clock kickoff. Yeah, up at the sports ground. So um, put down your shopping bags. Come up and you know, watch. Watch your second day's rugby. You'll be up there on Saturdays. Go up on Sunday as well. See what's going on. Richmond uh, club with a huge tradition, um, formed in eighteen sixty one. One of the founding members of the rugby. Football Union um, have now switched to be a semi-professional team, training twice a week, wow. uh, which is slightly unusual uh, in modern rugby, especially at the level they're playing at. But they feel it's working better for them, mm. and um, you know, along with the likes of Blackheath, London Scottish, London Welsh, uh, Richmond, they were powerhouse teams in the when I was. A lot younger back in the 70s in in uh, what you would call English English club rugby. Yeah. Uh, so they've they've kept themselves going, but you know obviously they're in the championship. But it's just it's just an opportunity to see a different team, just see what they're up to, see what Connacht are up to, and um, it's the games are usually entertaining. the The, 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 the previous match against Ealing Trailfinders was a pretty tough day to be a, a Connacht supporter but it was still interesting uh, you'll always learn something so yeah, come along if you get the chance
0: yes and of course Richmond is um, the the club that, that uh, legendary Michael Swift used to play for um, so you know it'll be maybe he'll pop up and have a look um, but we'll finish off the last item we'll, we'll have again is, is the, the women the women had a, an unfortunate result at the weekend they were beaten by Leinster on a, a try in the last couple of minutes denied them a losing bonus point which means they cannot actually win the, the championship this weekend even if they were to win up in, in Ulster they're playing at, on Saturday at 3pm same time as the senior men's team which is kind of frustrating for anyone trying to cover, cover both games um, in Belfast Harlequins so if there's any Connacht, Connacht fans up in Belfast doing Christmas shopping Monday, <laughs> some of the, someone wants to take a break from shopping go and give them a shout because um, they're definitely worth watching
1: yeah, a bit a bit unfortunate for them. Uh, Leinster probably just a little bit too strong, but uh, they'll uh, they'll be going going for another win. And um, as Alan says, if you if you're in Belfast, yeah, t- 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 save your wallet for a bit and go and watch some rugby because <laughs> you can't be spending money when you're um, watching rugby. Uh,
0: certainly yes. Okay, we'll leave it there. We'll be we'll be back on duty in, on Saturday in the sports ground, uh, given our our updates during the game as Joe and Rob will be commentating doing the the main commentary for Gauley Bay BFM and um looking forward to a, a good game.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's an opportunity Connacht need to kick on now. Um and they they need to kick on on Saturday and then they need to to keep going. Um as as they said themselves they're still a little puzzled as to what happened in the first two games of this sequence but uh they can make a bit of distance between those games if they can put in a good performance on Saturday and I expect them to do that.
0: Okay, that's great stuff. And that's I think that's all we have for this podcast. Thank you very much William.
1: Thanks Alan, good night.
0: Take it easy.